Hello there, old and new friends. Welcome to Divine Musing, episode seven, He Starts with the End. I am Destiny Rambo Corey, and I am so thankful that you have joined me for this journey into scripture, literature, poetry, and prayer as we view them through the light of transformation and growth. Here's something I've been thinking about lately. We begin with a quote from Madeline Ingalls' phenomenal book titled Walking on Water. This book is essential reading, in my opinion, especially for anyone who considers themselves to be a creator. I have read it almost a dozen times and keep coming back to it. This book, aside from scripture, will be our primary literary source for this musing today. When Jesus called Peter to come to him across the water, Peter, for one brief, glorious moment, remembered how and strode with ease across the lake. This is how we are meant to be, and then we forget and we sink. But if we cry out for help, as Peter did, we will be pulled out of the water. We won't drown. And if we listen, we will hear. And if we look, we will see. What a fascinating idea that Peter didn't learn to walk on the water in that moment. He saw Jesus doing it and something in his spirit remembered he already knew how. I think about this idea daily. How much does our spirit man remember that our humanity has forgotten? What was birthed in us at the time of our creation that has been lost to us since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden? When God created man to have dominion over the earth and its animals, I have to believe that there was a grace in his body for the task. How could he have dominion over the fish and the birds if he couldn't get to them? Could he breathe underwater, walk on it, even fly? I don't have a solid yes or no answer to those questions, but my gut says that Adam being made in the likeness of God also made him limitless. In the story of creation, we don't get a lot of details along the lines of how illimitable Adam and Eve were, but after they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the curse God brings upon them leads me to believe that they were stripped of more than just eternal life. There are so many things that Jesus talks about and breadcrumbs left all throughout scripture that lead me to believe that our relationship with God goes back much further than Genesis. For instance, Matthew 13, 34 says, All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables, and he said nothing to them without using a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things unknown and unattainable that have been hidden from mankind since the foundation of the world. The foundation of the world is referenced multiple times throughout scripture, but the ones that intrigue me are the times when before the foundation of the world is mentioned. I wanna go through and read a few examples of what I mean. John 17, 22 says, I have given them the glory and honor which you have given me, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me that they may be perfected and completed into one, so that the world may know without any doubt that you sent me and that you have loved them just as you have loved me. 
Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given to me as your gift to me, may be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory which you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. 1 Peter 1.18 says, For you know that you were not redeemed from your useless, spiritually unproductive way of life, inherited by tradition from your forefathers with perishable things like silver and gold. But you were actually purchased with precious blood, like that of a sacrificial lamb, unblemished and spotless, the priceless blood of Christ. For he was foreordained, foreknown, before the foundation of the world, but has appeared publicly in these last times for your sake. And through him you believe confidently in God, the Heavenly Father, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are centered and rest in God. And my personal favorite, Ephesians 1, 3 says, Blessed and worthy of praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ, just as in His love He chose us in Christ, actually selected us for Himself as His own before the foundation of the world, so that we would be holy, that is, consecrated, set apart for Him, purpose-driven, and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined and lovingly planned for us to be adopted to Himself as His own children through Jesus Christ, in accordance with the kind intention and good pleasure of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace and favor, which He so freely bestowed on us in His beloved Son, Jesus Christ. When I read these verses, so much hope rises up inside me. Do I believe that our lives are planned and there's no such thing as free will? No. But what I do believe is that the plan of divine is so much bigger than we can imagine. If we were hidden with Christ in God before the foundation of the world, if our names were written in the palm of His hand, just like Isaiah 49, 16 tells us they are, and if the Lamb was slain for our sins before any sin was ever committed, I have to believe that no matter what my current situation may be, I can have confidence that there will be glory in the end. Knowing what the future holds begins with before the beginning. It begins with remembering we are born from above, and even before that, we were with Christ. I'm not talking about reincarnation, but something even more mystical. A mystery that can only be understood outside of rationality and time. If the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth was formed, then is it possible that time itself is simply a hindrance of our humanity? There are days when I am praying or meditating that my mind wanders in the realms of glory and visions that I swear are memories flash before my eyes like some sort of glimmering deja vu. There are times when I know that I'm physically limited by my lack of knowledge or scientific probability, but my spirit knows that if I can just tap into my divine mind, I could accomplish it. When I look to Jesus, just as Peter did on the water, I begin to remember who I was originally intended to be. 
And when the winds and the waves pick up and distract me, he is right there to pick me up. A lot of people diss on Peter because he sank, but scripture says that he saw Jesus from a far off distance and walked to him. He started to sink close enough to Jesus that he could immediately reach down his hand and pull him up. Whether that was five steps or 40, it's more than any of us have ever been able to accomplish. I'll take it a step further. Have you ever met someone for the first time and somewhere deep down you feel like you've known them for ages? It happened to me when I first met my husband, Joel. I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina to work for a Christian television network in 2013, and I got a call from my cousin who was in town playing drums on a new worship album, and we made plans to meet up for lunch. Um, he asked me if a couple of the people that he was working with could join us, and of course I said yes. Um, at lunch, I sat next to my cousin, and Joel, who was producing the album, was seated directly across from me. I kept looking over his face in a way that probably freaked him out in the moment. He was just so familiar. He was so comfortable. I felt exposed and covered all in the same breath. After we parted ways, I called my mom from the car and I said, I don't know anything about this man. I just know he's going to be in my life for the rest of my life. I could say I wasn't sure in what capacity that would be, but that would probably be a lie. As soon as I looked in his eyes, I remembered him, and I knew that God had reintroduced me, so to speak, to my person. It took us years to actually be together, but that moment in that little Indian restaurant across the table from each other was the moment that the past became the future and our journeys synced up. Several years ago, I was battling with so much anxiety and stress about my future and my purpose. My current circumstances were turbulent, and to say the least, I was just feeling lost. Through the process of those emotions and fears, I wrote a song called, He Starts With The End In Mind. It was my way of reminding myself of a truth I knew to be real, even though I didn't necessarily feel the comfort just wash over me. Uh, it birthed something really strong in my soul. The final chorus says, He starts with the end in mind, pens the last chapter, before the first line. His characters don't have to worry of uncertain fate. He sees how the battle ends. The dragon was slain before he picked up his pen. His glorious brilliance is certainly one of a kind. He starts with the end in mind. If you are in a place where the circumstances of life are pulling you into such a state of anxiety that it's hard to breathe, if you want to remember who you are and what you are capable of through the resurrection power of Christ, then why don't we say this prayer together? Divine Creator, you sent your Son Jesus to earth to show us the way, the way to see, the way to understand, the way to remember. Meet me in my frailties and give me a vision of being hidden with Christ. Help me to remember who you designed me to be and my limitless potential and possibility. Help me to see you calling to me on the water and to feel no fear in following you into the unknown. Teach my feet to walk where fear tells me I can't. Give me wings to rise above any and all circumstances and the breath of heaven to dive to the depths. Help me when I am distracted by the winds and waves and pick me up when I stumble. Let me live a life here on earth that brings memories of heaven to those around me. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I will leave you with another segment from Walking on Water by Madeline Leingle. It is a little lengthy, but so worth it to just take the whole picture in. Here we go. The impossible still happens to us, often during the work, sometimes when we are so tired that inadvertently we let down all the barriers we have built up. We lose our adult skepticism and become once again children who can walk down their grandmother's winding stairs without touching. Last spring, I was giving a series of talks at the Cathedral of St. Peter in St. Petersburg, Florida, and was staying with parishioners who had a house right by the water. I was unusually tired. Into an already overcrowded schedule, I'd had to interject trips to England and to Jerusalem, and in Jerusalem, I'd fallen and bashed in my ribs and was strapped up in inconsiderable pain. One afternoon, I had a couple hours to myself, so I limped to the seawall and stretched out and closed my eyes and tried to let go of all my aches and pains and tiredness to let go and simply be. And while I was laying there, eased by the cool breezes, the warm sun, bursts of birdsong, I heard feet coming to me across the water. It was a sound I recognized, a familiar sound, the feet of Jesus coming towards me. And then another noise broke in, and I was back in my aching body. But I had heard. For a moment, in that hearing, I was freed from all the dirty devices of this world. I was more than I am. I was healed. It is one of those impossibilities I believe in, and in believing, my own feet touch the surface of the lake, and I go to meet him, like Peter, walking on the water. But only if I die first— only if I am willing to die. I am mortal, flawed, trapped in my own skin, my own barely used brain. I do not understand this death, but I am learning to trust it. Only through this death can come the glory of resurrection. Only through this death can come birth. And I cannot do it myself. It is not easy to think of any kind of death as a gift. But it is prefigured for us in the mighty acts of creation and incarnation, in crucifixion and resurrection. I hope this musing has given you a little something to think about, too. Thank you so much for today for Divine Musing. For more information, head over to www.rambocory.com. I would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash Destiny Makes Music or on Instagram and Twitter at Des Rambo Music.